0: Over the past uh, couple weeks, we've been talking about getting back to the basics, back to the foundations of our faith. Because we want to be a people who make prayer our first priority, not our last resort. And we want to be a people who read the Bible so that we would think and so that we would act differently. And we want to be a people who live sacrificially so that we can give generously and we want to be a people who engage in community so that we would learn how to love each other. Jesus's friends they have seen Jesus retreat from the crowds over and over again so that he could spend some time in prayer talking to the Father. When he comes out of his time of prayer he's he's always filled with energy. And he's filled with purpose, and he's filled with this, this new passion. And so his friends say to Jesus, they say, Jesus, would you teach us how to do that? Like, would you, would you teach us how to pray? Now, they, they've been praying their whole lives, but they wanted to learn how to pray like Jesus. And they say, Jesus, would you teach us how to pray? So if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Matthew chapter 6, and we'll be reading from verse 9 onwards. Matthew 6, verse 9. If you don't have your Bible, you can look up on the screen this morning. This is what Jesus says. He says, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. This morning, I want us just to take a look at verse 11 onwards. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. You know, the danger of going to the Lord in prayer is that we always get to this part. We get here way too soon. Give us this day our daily bread. For so many of us, and and I'm guilty of this too, we jump to this as our first thought when it comes to prayer, don't we? Most of us, when we go to God in prayer, we we immediately go to God with this whole Santa Claus list of stuff that we want and stuff that we need. We, We go to him with the list of demands sometimes. And we say to God, God, give me this. God, give me that. God, help me here. God, heal this hurt. God, take away this pain and this suffering. God, do this for me. God, do that for me. And if you're like me, sometimes, man, we, we get so overwhelmed with the stuff that's going on in our lives, and we just go to God just with those things, just with our urgent needs, just with all the things that we want, and it becomes the only thing sometimes that we go to God with. Far too often, we can be so demanding of God, and our prayer times turn selfish doesn't it? Our our prayer times become very self-centered, doesn't it? If you look at the model of prayer that Jesus gives us, just, just take a look at that first part of this prayer. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, the beginning part of this prayer has nothing to do with me, the beginning part of this prayer has nothing to do with you, but Lord, this is all about you. Like when I come and when I pray, this has got to be all about him, doesn't it? It has nothing to do with how I feel. It has nothing to do with what's going on in my life. It has nothing to do with my needs. It has nothing to do with my wants No matter how urgent, no matter how important or how painful my needs might be at that moment. And so this morning, I want to ask you this question in dealing with all that. When you go to the Lord in prayer, do you spend time acknowledging him? Do you spend some time hallowing his name? Do you spend some time praising him? Do you you spend some time just asking that his will would be done? before asking for your daily bread. Some of you have heard me tell this story before, but when Smith and I began teaching Allie and Zoe and now Lucas how to pray, we would say, Jesus, you are. And they would fill in the blank. And we would say, Jesus, you are. And Allie would say, amazing. Jesus, you are. And Zoe would say, wonderful. And we would say, Jesus, you are. And Lucas would say, astounding. And I would say, you know what astounding is? Because I don't know what astounding is. And Lucas would say, I don't know, but Zoe said it last night. And I would say, Jesus, you are. And Lucas would finish it by saying, you're my best friend. You know, Smith and I, we began to do this because somewhere down the road, we realized something. When we teach our kids how to pray, it's not okay to tell them that you just go to God with your list of stuff that you want. You've got to spend some time acknowledging who he is. So that's what we're going to do right now. This morning, before we go on with the second half of the Lord's Prayer, we're going to spend just a few moments lifting up the name of the Lord. I'm just going to say, Jesus, you are, and I just want you to shout out who he is to you. For some of you, he is your healer. For some of you, he is your provider. For all of us, he is holy and worthy and righteous. He is our redeemer. And I know this might seem different for some of you. This might seem awkward for some of you. You might not, might not be used to some of this stuff about what we're about to do. But, man, we need to get deeper in our walk with the Lord, don't we? And, and confessing out loud about these truths about who God is, it does something for us. So I'm going to ask you right now, would you just stand with me for a moment, just really quickly, and just with your eyes closed, I just want you to forget about everybody who's around you at this moment. I'm going to start you off, but you keep talking to him. You keep lifting up the name of the Lord with your voices. You ready? Jesus, you are Wonderful. Jesus, you are powerful. Jesus, you are. Jesus, you are. Jesus, you are amazing. And Jesus, you are compassionate. And Jesus, you are wonderful. And Jesus, you are beautiful. Jesus, you are all-powerful. Jesus, you are all-knowing. Jesus, you are great and you are mighty. You are the lover of our souls. Jesus, you are protector. Jesus, you are provider. Jesus, you are our banner. Jesus, there is no one like you. Folks, would you just begin to lift up your voices here in this room? Begin to shout out who he is to you. Jesus, you are the way. You are the truth, and you bring us life. And we are grateful to you this morning. Amen. You may be seated. Man, that feels good, doesn't it? There's something freeing about that, isn't there? There's something about this that is liberating. It's because there's something that begins to happen. When we begin to make his name great, there's something that begins to happen when we proclaim real truths about who he is to us. All of a sudden, when we make his name great, our problems begin to shrink. When we make his name big, our worries begin to dissolve. When we magnify his name, everything changes. And so in the midst of the storms that go on in our lives, and in, in the midst of those winds and the rough seas, when we begin to magnify his name, the waters begin to calm. And so I encourage you, especially during our time of, of praise and worship, when we're going from one song to another, you're here, with Tim, and you're here, with Smitha, and you hear myself and some of the worship team members go into a time of spontaneous worship. That is your time to express who He is to you. And I encourage you to use that time and participate in what we call spontaneous worship. Jesus is telling His disciples, and He's telling us today, when you come to the Lord in prayer, get your focus off of yourself. Spend some time hallowing His name. Spend some time making His name great. Spend some time acknowledging who He is by confessing all of these great things that we just did a few moments ago. And the more that you do this, the more natural it'll be. And the more that you do this, the more words that you'll have to share. And the more you do this, the closer you will be to him. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. You know, what Jesus is saying is God is concerned about your life. He is concerned about every part of your life down to the meals that you're eating. And just like a caring father and like a caring parent, he's concerned about how you eat and what you eat. He's concerned about whether you can pay the rent on time. He's concerned about the college that you want to apply for and the major that you're taking right now. He's concerned about the things that are going on at your workplace. He's concerned about that raise or that promotion that you're hoping for. He's, he's concerned about the pink slip that you may have just received. He's concerned about that foreclosure that might happen. He's, he's concerned about the problems that you're dealing with. He is your father, and so he is concerned about the things that his children are going through. And I want to remind you that he isn't too busy to deal with your everyday mundane problems. And all he wants is for you to talk to him about it. He wants you to talk to him about everything that is going on in your life. You know, in the Old Testament, Israel, they were just freed from captivity, and Moses leads them in the wilderness, and they got hungry. And when they needed food, God supplied them with the manna. And food would miraculously appear from heaven and it would settle down with the morning dew and God would send it day after day, month after month, year after year. And the people were tired of this bread. And Moses tells the people, he says, man shall not live by bread alone. Bread is important to the Jewish people. Bread's important for, for most of our cultures. It was part of the common diet, but it also represented so many different things for the Jews. Abraham brings bread to the king of Salem and it was used as a sign of peace and fellowship. And when they broke bread together, it was a sign of communion. It was a sign of of fellowship. And, And then there was this unleavened bread of the Exodus that reminded them that they didn't have time to wait for the bread to rise. They had to leave Egypt quickly And they had this opportunity to leave everything. They had the opportunity to leave bondage. They had the opportunity to leave slavery. And they had to leave right away. And that bread reminded them of the freedom that they received. And then there's this bread called the show bread. And this bread was placed in the temple every single day. And this bread reminded the people that God was their provider. And God was their sustainer. So you fast forward into the New Testament and Jesus, he shows up on the scene and he says this, he says, listen, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. You know, the true bread wasn't that unleavened bread of the Exodus. And the true bread wasn't the manna in the wilderness and the true bread wasn't the bread In the temple, the true bread was Jesus himself. And what Jesus is telling us today is that what you need for sustenance and what you need for daily living is not found in bread and water, but what you need for life is found in this daily reliance on the presence of Jesus. His presence in your life has to be enough. When you pray, is his presence enough for you? When you pray, do you experience his presence? Give us this day our daily bread. And Jesus is saying, I'm the bread from heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And Jesus is saying to us, I am the bread of life. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us today, Jesus. I want to remind you this morning that everything that you need for life is found in Jesus. Give us this day our daily bread And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. I want to tell you today that if you humbly come to the Lord, there is no problem that's too big, there is no sin that's too drastic, and there's no evil that He cannot and will not forgive you for. Don't wait until you've hit rock bottom before you come to Him and admit your wrongdoings. But if you would just come and confess your sins and turn from your evil ways, Scripture says that He will be faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Forgive us our sins. So I want to tell you that if you intend to to sin then please don't pray this prayer. That's a joke. If you know that you're just going to continue to sin, don't pray this prayer. That's that's not a real prayer. Pray when you've decided that you're tired of sinning. Pray when you've decided that you don't want to sin anymore. Pray when you're willing to acknowledge that God is bigger than you. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. That's a hard statement, isn't it? Forgive us as we forgive those who have wronged us. Forgive us, Jesus, as we forgive those who have cursed us out for no reason. Forgive us, Jesus, as we forgive those who have done terrible things to us. Maybe there was a family member who wronged you. Maybe there was a family member who abused you. And maybe because of that, there's just great hurt that you're dealing with that you can't even go and speak to that person anymore. So I want to ask you this morning do you have unforgiveness in your heart towards somebody? is is there a friend that you haven't spoken to for some reason some problem some issue and now there's just unforgiveness in your heart if that's you then i want to tell you that during our closing time of the service you'll have an opportunity to go to the lord and ask him to help you forgive and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil You know, Jesus understands what it's like to be tempted. He understands what you're experiencing today. And he he understands all of the temptations that trouble you this morning. So, So when temptations come, and when evil comes your way, you can have confidence that if we go to the Lord in prayer when we are tempted, then the Lord will deliver you. You can have that confidence this morning that he will give you the strength to resist the enemy of your soul. If we would just spend some time with him, if we would just spend some time praising him and magnifying his name and surrendering to him and asking him for forgiveness and spend some time talking to him about the things that we are going through. When the enemy comes against you, you can pray to your father in confidence, knowing that in the name of Jesus Christ, the victory is already yours because the enemy is under your feet. For yours is the kingdom, and yours is the power, and yours is the glory forever. And then Jesus, at the end of his model for prayer, he says something really difficult. He says this He says, If you do not forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. I'm going to close with this story. I grew up in a really small Indian church back in Toronto. And, and I remember this time that we had this guest pastor from from India who who shared this story that, that I have never forgotten. This man was pastoring in a really difficult part of India, and he was seeing his little church grow mostly with some Hindu converts. And some of these people had just become Christ followers and Some of them didn't even tell their families about their decision to follow Jesus in fear for their lives. And and one day after this one Sunday evening service, a group of people approached the pastor and they said, if you meet here again next week, we will kill you and everybody in this church. So obviously this pastor was shaken up by this threat and not really sure what to do. And so he began to fast and pray during that week. And he felt as though the Lord would protect him. And he felt as though the Lord would protect his people. And so he kept the services on as planned for that weekend. And Sunday he came around, and this pastor is very anxious. And here's this church with anxious people, not sure what's going to happen. And they went through their morning services without any harm, without any problems, without any issues. And then they went back to the evening service, and they got through the entire service, and at the close of the service, these men came to fight. I mean, they let everyone go except for a few men in the church and this pastor, and they began punching and kicking And the next thing that this pastor remembered is that he woke up in the hospital with a broken arm and some fractured ribs and some swelling just everywhere. And so not too long after this, there's a police officer who approached the pastor and said, Pastor, we think we've caught all of the men involved in the attack on your church. We just need you to come to the station right now and we need you to identify them. What would you do if that was you? I mean, your blood would be boiling, wouldn't it? This is your opportunity to get some revenge. And the pastor went to the station and he saw all of these men, and they were in handcuffs. And it was at this point that he felt the Lord whisper to him something that he couldn't bring himself to say. I mean, here's the pastor, and he's broken, and he's bloodied, and he's hurting, and there before him were the men who caused his pain, and his anger boiled, and revenge wanted to take over, and he felt the Lord whisper to him, forgive them. What are you talking about? I mean, these men punched... And kicked, they wanted to kill me and my congregation. And you want me to do what? And he heard the Lord say, forgive them. And recognizing all of these men before him, he looked straight at them and he said, I forgive you. And these men, at the thought of what the pastor said, they fell to their knees And they began weeping. And would you believe that they all became Christ followers and members of this pastor's church? (laughs) Forgiveness doesn't always happen that way when you forgive another person. It doesn't always end in a happily ever after story. But when you forgive others because your Father has forgiven you, there will be a peace in your heart that you have never experienced before. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. You know, when we forgive those who have wronged us, we proclaim the kingship of Jesus when we forgive those who have done us wrong, we proclaim His kingdom come. When we forgive those who have wronged us, we proclaim His will be done in our lives. When we proclaim, when we forgive other people who have wronged us, we will hallow the name of our heavenly Father. We bring honor to the name of our heavenly Father so I want to ask you, have you experienced the forgiveness of Jesus in your life? Maybe you've asked him for forgiveness at one point in time, and in Jesus' model for prayer, he's saying, daily come to me and ask me for forgiveness. Just with your eyes closed and your heads bowed, I'm going to ask the prayer team if you to make yourself available This morning, if you have never given your heart and your life to Jesus, and you want to know this peace, and you want to have this forgiveness, then you could just pray this in your heart right now, and you could just say, Jesus, I give you my life. I know that I'm a sinner. Jesus, would you forgive me? I believe in you, Jesus. Jesus. I believe you paid for my sins, that you died on a cross. I believe that you rose from the dead. And this morning, I turn away from my sin. I leave my past behind. I turn to you, Jesus, as my Savior, as my friend, and as my Lord. This morning, if there's unforgiveness in your heart, You need to do some business right now with the Lord. You need to ask him for some help in forgiving that person. This morning, if there is some sin in your life, I encourage you to do some business with the Lord. Ask him to forgive you. Scripture says that he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. He will cleanse you And He will wash you and make you white as snow. So as Tim begins to lead us in worship this morning, you're welcome to stay where you're at. These altars are open for you. If you need prayer, we would love to pray with you. If you need a healing, we would love to pray and believe for healing for you. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and forever and forever and forever. Amen.